Okay. Well, it's just great being with you. Uh, this is an unexpected trip, but we're so glad to be back. And uh, I, we've actually worked it out that since we could regather in person as church, I think we've been more with you than we have been with home church back in England. So, you know, we kind of feel part of you. So. But it's been fun and it's been great actually to just meet new visitors and get to know folks. And it, it's exciting. It's such a sense of God's with you. You know, God's doing something fresh. And, you know, it, you know, sometimes it's helpful for visitors to come in and just kind of reflect that back to you. But God's at work amongst you. You know, there's a good thing God's doing uh, here in Good Trust. Okay, so uh, I'm going to speak. I have a title. It's called Fan the Flame. Okay, Fan the Flame. Uh, Josh gave me permission to speak on anything, and uh, I just felt God really put this on my heart this week, fan the flame. And there you go, you've got the image there. Can we turn please to 2 Timothy chapter 1, and I'm going to read the first 10 verses. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God in keeping with the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve as my ancestors did, with a clear conscience as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline, So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time but has now been revealed through the appearing of our Saviour, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Okay, what a remarkable scripture to end on. Shall we have worship again? Okay, It kind of just takes you to worship, but hold on, you've got a little bit of preach in between. We will worship. Okay, fire. Fire. Paul uses that metaphor very deliberately and carefully in, in referring to the gift that, that was within Timothy, that is encouraging him to stir up. And, and fire does things. It brings heat. It brings light. It changes things. It affects things. And so it is with us. God has gifted us. This is a very personal letter to Timothy. 
But there's every reason why we can apply the things that Paul says to Timothy and apply them to us. And God has gifted us, you. And the gifts that God has given aren't just there to make church a bit more interesting. They're not just there as decoration. They're not just there to kind of make church a bit more, yeah, just kind of to fill out church meetings a bit. The gifts God has given is to bring heat and light. They have the dimension of fire. They can bring impact. They can change things. And they change things for the gospel. That's how this whole context. That's why kind of that section ended with Paul reminding us of this wonderful gospel. God's done something in us that can bring the light and the heat of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, to others. So, a little bit just on the background of this. Paul is in prison. Commentators would say it's his second imprisonment in Rome. It seems like this was like actually in a dungeon, possibly an underground prison, you know, the worst of the worst that you can imagine. And Paul is, he knows his death is near. If you were to read on in the letter, and I encourage you to do that, he knows he's about to die. He used phrases like, I have fought the fight, I've run the race. And so he writes with an urgency and a passion. You've got to read these scriptures in this way. Not just him casually, or oh, must catch up with Timothy. He's downloading something to Timothy. Now, this could well be the last communication he has. And he's writing with a deep affection. A beautiful phrase, my dear son. Speaks with deep love and affection for Timothy. As we read that, we need to catch the Father's heart for us. He's speaking to us, my dear son, my dear daughter. This expresses the Father's heart. And it's very personal. I love that bit, you know, oh, yeah, I, I remember your grandmother, I remember your mother. It's very personal. That's how God speaks to us. Very personally, he knows you. He knows your background. He knows your history. It's a remarkable letter. And into all of that, he gives this reminder of, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. So, the big question is this, what's the gift? (laughs) What is Paul speaking about at this time? Well, you'd be glad to know, I've searched high and low, I've gone through the commentaries, and the big answer is, we're not sure. 
Okay, we're not sure. And I think it's a good thing we're not sure. Because that leaves a little bit of an open. I think it applies to many things. It could, for Timothy, have applied to his gift of teaching, his gift of leading. We know as we read through the letters to Timothy, there was a battle going on in that church in Ephesus for truth. There were false teachers there, there were all sorts of myths, speculations, you name it, arguments. And it might be, with all of that going on, that Paul's retreating, that Timothy was retreating into himself and it's about the gift of teaching. It may have been that. We don't know. It may actually have referred to the gift of the Holy Spirit. You could well take that interpretation, but in one sense, we don't need to know it so much as we need to know this. It's a gift. Everything about the Christian life is a gift. Everything, everything, everything. Our salvation is a gift. That's why that wonderful section we end at, by the grace of God, even before the beginning of the time, God purposed to show, him, show you his grace. It's freely given. It's a gift, it's a gift. But it's not only our salvation, as it were, our entrance into the family of God that's a gift, but actually how we serve him is a gift. God gives us gifts so we can serve him. It's totally based on gift. Gift, gift, gift. I have on my desk at home a letter from somewhere, from someone way the other side, lives the other side of the world. The basis is this, that I've, I've inherited uh, about, it's a few billion pounds. Okay, it's a few billion pounds. I've inherited, it's free. I just need to send my bank details and it'd be mine. It, yeah, exactly, Josh says, do it, do it, do it. Okay, and, uh, and now I haven't done it. Because I know it's not a real gift. It comes at a great cost. But when the Bible speaks about a gift, it's free. We can trust it. It's a gift. But it needs attention. It's a fascinating thing. It's a gift, it's a gift, it's a gift. And yet, Paul says, fan it into flame. We, so we're not passive. We, we need to do something with it. We need a fan. It needs, it's dependent. Somehow its operation is dependent on us. It's totally God-dependent, and yet somehow we need to partner with that for it to blaze. Or put it another way, we can quench the Spirit. And then, as I said, it has impact. It's a gift that has impact. It's a phenomenal thing. What God has put in you can bring warmth and light to other people. That's why gifts are so important. It's a demonstration of the very heart of God. It's not like, I say, we're thinking of Christmas soon, aren't we? It's not like ornaments you put on the tree. That's not what a charismatic church, you know, a church that believes in the gifts of spirit is about. It's about believing, no, these gifts, they impart something. They actually impart the life and the warmth and the heat of the gospel. So what's our response? What's our response to this? Well, we're to take action 
Okay, we are to take action. We can apply these scriptures to ourselves. I say it's very personal, but I believe we have every reason to apply them ourselves because the Bible is clear that we all have gifts. To quote one of many scriptures, but from Romans 12, it says this, for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have all the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. God has gifted us. None of us are spare parts. We all belong. And we do need to be continually shaken with that thought. Because there's a little bit of a default setting that can kind of creep into all of our hearts about church. Well, it's about a few working hard. No, church is about a body. Each one has a gift. And Jesus, as with a body, Jesus makes himself known as we serve with the gifts God has given. That's a remarkable thing, isn't it? And that's where we've got to see gifts aren't just about a Sunday morning. It's not just about a meeting. It's about life. You see, whatever world you step into tomorrow, wherever God's got you tomorrow, you take the gifts God's put in you with you. And you have that potential to bring heat. Remember, it's fire. You have the potential to bring heat into the very cold situations. You have the potential to bring light into those very dark situations. That's why it's fire. Each one is gifted. And it could be to sit in there thinking, yeah, 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 okay, well, it's all right for her. It's all right for him. No, it's for you. Or you could be thinking, yeah, but I don't know what my gifts are. Well, ask God. If you're not sure, ask God. Say, Lord, just show me. And serve. So in other words, don't ask God and just sit in the corner and wait. Ask God and just serve. There's all sorts of ways you can serve. But then ask yourself. Just have that little conversation. It's okay to talk to ourselves. Really, I do it a lot. My children don't think it's fine, but I think it's very nice. Okay? Listen, talk to yourself. Ask yourself. What have I got a passion for? What, what stirs me? What, 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 what have I got faith for? What something I just do, even though I might get tired, but somehow... I can still keep doing it. And if you're still not sure, ask other people. Let other people be a mirror to you for your gifts. You see, I might be stirred with being the best worship leader that, you know, ever, you know? And I could pick up, my, uh, I could pick up a, a guitar and I could sing to you right now. Do it. Uh, I could sing to you right now. And you'd all reflect back to me and say, no. (laughs) 
God's gifted you. Whatever God's gifted you with, use it. Use it. Stir it up. Look for opportunities to use it. It's about making Jesus known. He makes himself known through gifts. We're going to talk about another way just to finish with, but it's so important we don't miss this. You're working through acts. You see gifts being exercised through acts. You've just read about Barnabas, I think, and looked at that, that gift of encouragement that encouraged others. If God's given you encouragement, encourage. If God's given you gifts of mercy, be merciful. If God given you gifts of giving, now, we're all called to encourage, we're all called to be merciful, we're all called to give, but some are particularly gifted in those ways. Stir it. Take action is critical. And the second thing, overcome in terms of how response, overcome the obstacles. I think it's so powerful, these two scriptures together. Fan into flame. And then Paul gets so personal. God's not given you, Timothy, a spirit of timidity. He knows what holds Timothy back, fear. And I think it can be different things for different people. I know for me, the ongoing battle that I've experienced throughout leadership has been fear. Has been exactly this. This, this verse, it, it, it's kind of, it's one of the most go-to verses, I think, in my life. God's not given me a spirit of timidity. Roger. God's not given you a spirit of timidity. Fear's been a huge battle for me. Not many of you would know, but I had a, a speech impediment, which meant I actually couldn't, you know, I, I was a, afraid, fearful, just to speak out. And God wonderfully met with me in that and did something in my life on that one, but it, it, it left a deposit of fear, of timidity, holding back. Paul knew Timothy. He knew, listen, we all have obstacles. We all have hindrances. There's things that go on in our hearts and minds that hold us back. And part of fanning the flame is to kind of recognize that, actually to name it. And then not let that to, not just rob us, but to rob others of the gift that comes through us. Overcome the hindrances. And, and how do we do that? Well, know the Spirit. He is the Spirit of power, love, and self-discipline. It's so important we get these. He's a spirit of power. We need to know that. If we're struggling with fear, we need to actually, the Holy Spirit in us is a spirit of power. We have God himself living in us, the spirit in us. That's a remarkable statement. I've just been reading some stuff from that literally this week. I keep reading it and reading it thinking, it is remarkable. 
God himself lives in you. <laughs> really? Yeah, really. Honestly, it's true. It's a spirit of power. Oh, that helps me with my fear. That helps me. Love. You see, love is the antidote to fear. What fear does is this. It, it focuses on ourselves. It wants to protect ourselves. And obviously there's some good fears, you know, like, you know, fear of fire, you know, not putting your hand in the fire type stuff. But actually there's all sorts of fears that just lock us into ourselves. They bind us. They blind us. They trap us. They Basically, they make us selfish. I don't want to do this because, well, it might, I might fail or, you know, all sorts of reasons about self. That's why love is the antidote to fear. Perfect love casts out fear. And then self-discipline. Fear affects our minds. It controls our thinking. It, it does strange things in our lives, doesn't it? And whatever obstacle, it may not be a fear one for you. It might be something else. But whether it affects our thinking. And that's where we get these strongholds and these ways of thinking that they short-circuit the very things God wants to do through our minds. God's Spirit in us is a spirit of power, love, and self-discipline. And actually, we need to see those three together. You know, sadly, as Christians, we, we, we so easily go to one extreme to another. We, we kind of do the pendulum thing, and we say, okay, I'm all for the power bit. Yeah, give me more power, give me more power. Let others do the love bit, you know. And I, I want the love bit, I want the love bit. We just need more love, you know. Let others do the power bit. Oh, no, I need to be very self-disciplined, very self-disciplined. Okay, it's all about self-discipline. No, they flow, they mingle, they, that, they're three together. It's, this is the spirit of Christ. The spirit of Christ that you see in the Gospels of his love, his power, the self-discipline of him serving magnificently. God's not given us a spirit of fear, but one of love and of power and of self-discipline. I encourage you, just in a moment, we're going to worship again. I believe God is bringing you to fresh things together. And it's together. And God wants to say this, fan it into flame, fan the gift God's given you into flame. But some of you, even as been talking about it, could be sitting there thinking, yeah, but you don't know me. You don't know me. You don't know, yeah, you might feel disqualified. And God would say, no, I've given you a gift. It's a gift.
It's not about your worthiness. It's not what you've earned. It's a gift. Some of you, as you're struggling, and I believe actually it might be a fear issue in some of you, and you just let fear have the last word. It's not that God eradicates fear. I still live with issues of fear, but it's not that God eradicates it, but it's when we have fear, when we let fear have the last and the final deciding word, that's when it's wrong. And God wants to bring a fresh release, a fresh freedom. I believe there might be for some of you that you've just let the fire smolder, die down a bit. We've lived through strange times, haven't we? That can lead, you know, church online. <laughs> you know, we kind of live through strange times and that can leave a passivity. And God's saying, fan the flame. Fan the flame. 